Welcome to a new sponsor, A.N. Weber Incorporated. Now in their 76th year, Weber has offices in Kankakee, Illinois, Nashville, Tennessee, El Paso, Texas, and Chandler, Arizona. Whether you're looking for company equipment to haul dry van or flatbed freight, or logistic services for all types of freight, or even a career in driving, maintenance, or sales, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235. You can apply online at anweber.com. Weber has immediate openings for drivers in all areas and mechanical technicians in Kankakee, Illinois, and El Paso, Texas. Weber is also looking for logistic agents across the country. Again, call Mark Tedford at 815-939-2235 or apply online at anweber.com. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the 42nd edition of Weber's Whipping Post. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you took the time to listen to me today. This episode is entitled, Biden Will Not Win in 2024 Because He Won't Be on the Ballot. Today, I'm going to talk about fighting senators, the January 6th fiasco, the hockey player charged with manslaughter, Trump, and other material, before finishing with my latest opinion piece. But first, this episode comes to you from the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Group. Everybody needs insurance, so why not buy from the great folks at George Ryan Jr.'s Insurance who supports programs like mine? You can depend on the George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. So please, go ahead and give George a call at 815-936-0075. That's 815-936-0075. Seven five, or look them up on their website and save on insurance at grinsure.com. As I mentioned in an earlier podcast, the gag order was lifted on Trump in his civil fraud case filed by the racist New York Attorney General, Letitia James. Surprisingly, the order came from another New York judge. Judge David Friedman issued a stay on the gag order which has been put in place by the nitwit judge Arthur Ngoran. No reason to feel sorry for Ngoran. He's used to his rulings being overturned. He's had four rulings overturned just on the Trump case. You suppose there's a bias there? Judge Friedman ruled the obvious that Trump has First Amendment rights like the rest of us do. No mention has been made about the two fines totaling $15,000 against Trump by Ngoran although Trump should donate that money to a mental institution for judges that are senile or rule with an axe to grind. Hey, did you see the kerfuffle between the senator and the union boss? This was classic. Senator Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma, an MMA fighter, was responding to Teamsters Union President Sean O'Brien about tweets during a Senate committee meeting last week. One tweet. O'Brien had said, any place, any time, cowboy. This is a good time to point out Teamsters Union presidents are not known for being the brightest bulbs on the tree other than to be able to screw truckers out of their pension. Hardworking truckers have been getting screwed by thuggish Teamsters Union bosses for decades, 
so O'Brien's tweets don't come as a surprise to me. Later, someone stuck a microphone in O'Brien's face so he could say, despite his rhetoric and his violent tendencies, obviously he has some issues that he probably should be dealing with. My issue is dealing with how we improve America, how we work together, and how we move forward from our differences. That comment had all the genuineness of a Hillary Clinton remark about us undesirables. Working together, spouted by a Teamsters boss, only means what are you going to give us so we can keep our high-paying, do-nothing jobs? In 2013, O'Brien faced suspension to his post as head of the Massachusetts Teamsters Union for his alleged intimidation of a Rhode Island union election. At one point during the kerfuffle, the two exchanged words challenged each other to a fight of which Senator Mullen was only happy to indulge the Teamster thug. After an invitation to kick his butt by O'Brien, the senator stood up but was ordered to sit back down by Bernie Sanders, who was the committee chair. Sure wish Bernie hadn't said that, as I'd love to have seen Mullen kick O'Brien's ass. A CNN correspondent, Kristen Holmes, really has her boxes all twisted into a wad. She claims to have uncovered a massive operation plot by Trump should he get elected next November. I'm here to tell you, according to this young lady, life as you knew it will be forever changed. According to her rantings, Trump has plans to detain and deport illegal immigrants, called undocumented immigrants in social speak, and purge the federal workforce of anyone considered disloyal. But that's not all of her hand-wringing. She further states, Trump intends to use the power of federal law enforcement against political enemies. It would be radical, she says. Gee, Ms. Holmes, have you been, what, comatose as the Democrat Party in the swamp have been going after Trump since the day he won his first election? I hope you're right, Missy, and he destroys the swamp much like the way Israel is destroying Hamas. Further ranting continues about the outside loyalists that are keenly aware of the chaos and disorganization during Trump's first term. Do you mean the chaos of no wars, no inflation, flourishing business, and plenty of jobs, Ms. Holmes? She claims there is a cabal called Project 2025 that is outlining what Trump can do upon his first day in office. They have hired a policy-focused hirees who will craft his policy messaging. Project 2025 is a real organization, folks. According to Wikipedia, part of their objective is to build a database of staffers that an incoming president could immediately rely on for a smooth transition without the foot-dragging from non-elected liberal bureaucrats. I thought so much of it, I joined it. Then she reports, that Trump will take more control over the Justice Department to seek revenge on critics. Really, Kristen, were you so young that you couldn't comprehend that very same thing with the Obama and Biden administrations? I myself can't make up my mind who was the most controlling and dishonest. Was it Attorney General Holder under Obama or Garland under Biden? They were equally corrupt and both belong in prison. They didn't represent the American people, folks. They represented their president and their party only.
She also states that Trump admits he will totally obliterate the deep state as if that's a bad thing. What could be better? Kristen, are you a moron or a shill for the deep state? Then she quotes Stephen Vladek, a CNN legal analyst. The reality of a second Trump administration is going to be a lot of novel litigation about these kinds of abuses of what were historically norms constraining the executive. If Vladek is right, that means the swamp intends to keep dragging Trump before the court, even if he is president, so as to neutralize anything he tries to do. This would follow the two sham impeachments, the recent 91 indictments, and efforts to remove him from the ballot in liberal states. The former president has said he would require local law enforcement agencies to use the controversial police practice of stop and frisk, said Holmes. He's also suggested he would deploy the National Guard to cities dealing with high levels of crime. Okay, lady, what's your point? When stop and frisk was done in New York City under Mayor Giuliani, crime plummeted. And finally, she raved against a possible Trump policy of creating tent cities on inexpensive land that would be staffed by health care workers for the homeless and across-the-board tariffs on imported goods. Beats the hell out of city streets, lady. I can't fathom why an American company, CNN, would publish this kind of drivel, even if it is communist. She accuses the former president of everything short of eating little boys and puppies for breakfast. How people can think like her is beyond comprehension. Hey there, this episode comes to you from Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology, celebrating 30 years of practice. Dr. Hoffman specializes in general musculoskeletal conditions, neurology, sports injuries, acupuncture, electrodiagnostics, and comprehensive wellness management. Dr. Hoffman provides exceptional care for patients of all ages, from infants to elderly, from expectant bombs to athletes. Dr. Hoffman's goal is to provide all patients a tailored treatment plan based on an extensive history, a thorough exam, and x-rays. Contact Hoffman Chiropractic Neurology for more information or to schedule. That number is 815-937-0446. Interesting anecdote about Dr. Hoffman. I was golfing with the good doctor last week. We were on the ninth fairway, and I had just hit my shot. Doc was standing nearby. Out of the blue, as I was putting my club away, he quietly said, It's musculoskeletal. I have had a tough time for some reason with that word. I can say supercadulisticoexpialidocious, but trip over musculoskeletal. My apologies to all if I am butchering the word. You say it and let me know how you did. Speaker of the House Mike Johnson, a man I'm starting to like more and more, has released more than 90 hours of footage from the January 6th protest. And according to Senator Lee, Mike Lee, from Utah, it is not shedding a very good light on Nancy's kiddos. That, of course, would be Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. The two hand-picked rhinos are Republicans on the committee. Readers to my commentaries might recall that I was very critical of Cheney and Kinzinger while they were in committee, and these tapes are going to prove my criticism was warranted. Cheney, whose political career was ruined, was following Daddy's orders 
and the bawling Kinzinger was pouting over not getting an assignment on the Trump cabinet. I will point out, folks, these tapes will turn out to be crucial to keeping Trump on the ballot in those liberal states trying to unlawfully smear him with charges of insurrection. There was no damned insurrection. Senator Lee is now calling for an investigation accusing members of the committee of hiding select footage and releasing other footage from the charge at the Capitol. He questions whether they ever looked at the tapes because they were too busy selectively leaking text messages. He released a tape on a social platform of Capitol Police facilitating the passage of protest through the building that day, even giving some fist bumps. Lee posted a tweet. Given the evidence they apparently suppressed, how much footage and how many other records do you think Nancy Pelosi and the J6 committee deliberately lost or destroyed? In another post, Lee wrote, taxpayer dollars funded the sham J6 committee. It has been my opinion all along that the actions of January 6 was a protest, not a riot, as advocated by Democrats and the liberal media. When compared to the 2020 race riots, the J6 affair was a walk in the park, and I call for the prisoners to be released immediately and then compensated for their time in jail plus court cost. I realize that my calling for action will not advance any farther than I can high jump, but it seems to be all the rage with protesters venting their spleens over Israel. But while I'm calling for actions, I call for Cheney and Kinzinger to be put in prison for deliberately hiding facts from the American public. Folks, J6 is not some dishonorable event the swamp and our media would have you believe. It was a day that the American people showed their government who is supposed to be boss in this country. As I watched them march on the Capitol, I actually felt a sense of pride. That's our goddamn building, Nancy Pelosi, not yours. Uh-oh, people of the cesspool, formerly known as Oakland, California. First, you lost your Raiders football team to Las Vegas and the Warriors basketball team to San Francisco, but it appears now your athletics baseball team is following to Vegas. Baseball owners voted unanimously to approve the move, which could come as soon as 2025. The athletics lease with the column ends after the 2024 season and their new home on the Strip, where the former Tropicana Casino sat, will not be ready until 2028. It will seat 33,000 people at a cost of $1.5 billion. Get this. The move to Vegas is going to increase the value of the team. So the owners have decided to levy a heavy tax on athletics owner John Rich if he sells the club for an immediate profit. The tax would be split evenly for the other 29 teams. Greed just has no boundaries. The athletics have already relocated three times in their history. They started out in Philadelphia in 1901. The legendary Connie Mack owned and managed them for an incredible 50 years. In 1955, they moved to Kansas City and then to Oakland in 1968. Only the New York Yankees have won more titles in the American League than the Athletics. George Washington University Law School professor, also considered a legal scholar, Jonathan Turley recently wrote an opinion piece entitled Don't 
count of a Trump conviction. This was in response to Big Mouth Chris Christie declaring it's over for Trump, predicting he would be a convicted felon by the spring. It's the kind of statement that falls out of Christie's big pie hole and why nobody likes him. Turley points out that Trump's greatest threat comes from the federal charges for retention of classified documents. This is our two-tiered justice system we have presently for the so-called crime that they are charging Trump for, but letting Biden off the hook for the same damn crime. Even so, Turley states, the judge in the case is inclined to delay the trial until after the election. Biden's innocence should come into a factor in Trump's case. Turley claims that the case in Georgia might also collapse if Trump or his lawyers can prove Trump truly believed he won the 2020 election. For the record, I believe he won it, as does many people I know, and including his lawyer, Sidney Powell, so how hard could it be for Trump? Additionally, Trump's claims could possibly be considered as a First Amendment right. Liberals just can't help but believe that Trump has the same rights they do. And Turley reminds us that even in the Democrat-ruled Washington and New York court cases, all it will take to throw out the case is one lone, honest juror. Surely they can find one in both cases. A speaking of Trump, which I know I often do, have you tried to make any sense of the polls? Get this, according to the media, right now, Trump has a whopping 45-point lead over Nikki Haley. And yet that same damn media shows Trump has only a 5-point lead over Biden, but Haley has an 11-point lead over Biden. In what world does that make sense? It's media with their damn thumb on the scale. Recently, in a hockey game in England, the Nottingham Panthers were playing the Sheffield Steelers. Side note, who the hell knew they played hockey in England? It was reported that Panthers forward Adam Johnson, who once played in the National Hockey League, was slashed in the neck during the game and died later. Not much was initially reported about the incident other than Johnson passed away. Later, the man who allegedly slashed him, Matt Petgrave, was arrested on manslaughter charges. I figured that Johnson was probably lying on the ice when Petgrave accidentally went over the top of him. I am on record as having actually said, come on, man, it was done during the course of playing the game. It couldn't have been on purpose. Well, I was probably wrong. I happened to catch the video and saw Johnson was upright and charging the net when Petgrave actually raised his leg to let Johnson skate right into it. It was a move clearly made with forethought and malice. Petgrave deserves to be charged and thrown out of hockey for his move. Then to make the whole incident more bizarre, more pathetic, in his next game, of which he did not play but was still on the team, Petgrave actually got a standing ovation from the crowd. A standing ovation for killing a guy. What the hell is the matter with people? On a better note, archaeologists made quite a discovery recently in the Tuscan hills outside of Siena, 45 miles south of Florence, Italy. Seems they're excavating an era of Roman-era baths when they found 24 bronze statues in perfect condition. In the era known for thermal hot springs, they also found over 5,000 Roman coins, silver, and gold. The statues, which date back 2,200 years, 
hadn't even turned green due to the lack of oxygen in the mud where they were buried. Evidently, the statues may have been from the Etruscan people of the area and were conquered by the Romans. They depict gods like Apollo and Hygieia, as well as some other famous Etruscan people who had names I am not going to butcher. Well, things over at Bud Light aren't getting any better, folks. If you recall, they were the woke company that slapped transgender Dylan Mulvaney's mug on their cans and thought it would be cute. Someone over at Bud actually thought Americans would like it that Bud was celebrating Mulvaney's 365 days of girlhood. Bud's parent company, Anheuser-Busch InBev, reported a 13.5% decline in U.S. revenues in the third quarter. That's on top of a 17.1% decline in sales volumes. So they're selling 17% less beer and making 13.5% less money. I'm sure the head honchos over at Anheuser-Busch thought the fiasco would have blown over by now, but not so. Things have evidently gotten so bad their chief marketing officer has resigned. Go woke, go broke is still alive and well in this country, folks. In a piece by 60 Minutes last Sunday, yes, I'm still watching that darn show, Cecilia Vega had an incredible story about the Ukraine-Russia conflict. Ms. Vega started off the show with an eye-popping statement. It's impossible for Ukrainian families to shield their children from the constant violence of Russia's war, but tonight we will tell you about a lesser-known and perhaps more sinister danger they face, the Russian abduction of Ukrainian children. Officially, the Ukrainian government has documented more than 19,000 children taken by Russia, but told us they worry the actual number could be closer to 300,000 children. The show did document one Ukrainian grandmother who went to Russia to get her grandson back. Thankfully, she was successful, but it took over 70 days to do so, and now they have to live in Poland. You know, I guess I was naive. I had no idea this was going on. The act of kidnapping children by a country is a violation of the UN Genocide Convention and the UN Convention of the Rights of the Child. Come to find out, it's not without precedent in history either. Spain and Argentina have done it also. It's just unbelievable what man will do to his fellow man. Hey, we watched a great movie the other night called The Hill. If you haven't seen it, I urge you to do so. It's a true story about a kid with bad legs and a bad spine who had the ability to smack the bejesus out of a baseball. His father, an overly devout and broke Southern minister, played wonderfully by Dennis Quaid, was not impressed with his son's abilities to hit a baseball, setting up a struggle between the father's dreams and the son's dreams. This podcast is brought to you by Jeff and Brandon Chero at Core Street Ford, now in their 40th year service in the Kankakee County area. Stop by their showroom at 558 William Latham Drive in Bourbonnet and check out that amazing GT in the showroom. You can save up to $6,000 on a selection of Ford 150 pickups. Core Street Ford is open from Monday through Saturday, offering new car and truck sales, pre-owned autos, and vehicle servicing. You can call them at 815-348-7024 
or check out their website at www.courtstreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. And now for my latest commentary. The prick known as David Axelrod said something to comrades Phil Mattingly and Poppy Harlow of CNN on November 6th that upset Biden. So much so, he called him a prick. Mattingly asked Axelrod a question concerning Biden's low poll numbers in which he is trailing Trump in five of six battleground states and losing support with black and Hispanic voters. Axelrod replied, I've said for like a couple of years now, the issue is not, for him, political, it's actuarial. And you can see that in this poll. I mean, there's a lot of concern about the age issue, and that is something that I think he needs to ponder. When Axelrod speaks, the Democrat Party listens. Axelrod, a personal friend of Hillary Clinton, was the guy who stuck Barack Obama in our ear, the most socialist president this country may ever have known. I have some experience with being called a prick, so I believe it makes me totally qualified for speaking of Axelrod's comments. Given his stature at kingmaking in the Democrat Party, when he speaks, Democrats and socialists alike listen. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if Axelrod's comments were not the death knell for Biden's second-term aspirations. Last week, a Quinnipiac poll showed Biden's approval rating dwindling as Trump's continues to increase. Keep in mind the election is less than a year away. That and Biden will be nearly 82 at the next election. The way that Biden has handled the Israel conflict certainly hasn't helped his chances either. He now hovers around 37% approval by the low information voting block, with a 59% disapproval by people actually paying attention. Evidently, 4% of those polled had no idea who Biden was nor what time of day it was. And let's face it, eventually Representative Comer is going to get around to impeaching Biden after waiting a sufficient amount of time to make sure there isn't enough time for Harris to assume the presidency. At that point, Biden will give up running for president if he can last long enough to pardon himself and other family members. Not only do I not believe Biden will get the Democrat nomination, I also don't believe the others running on the Democrat side will be the ultimate candidates either. This would include Robert Kennedy Jr., Cornell West, Marianne Williamson, Dean Phillips, or somebody named Sink Uger. If you've never heard of Mr. Uger's either, he's a Turkish-born politician, commentator, and media host. This begs the question. I thought one had to be born here to run for president. The Democrat Party leadership, although seriously flawed in their ideology, are no dummies. In fact, these comrades are as intellectually formidable as they are socialist. They're taking their time until after the Republican convention, held a month before the Democrat convention, to see if Trump has been tossed in prison for their considerable sham efforts, and if so, who has taken his place. At that time, they will decide if they want to run California Governor Gavin Newsom or Hillary, but it's my turn, Clinton. Clinton will be 77 years old by the 2024 election, and has gotten quite frumpy, seeing Russia behind every tree. They also believe they have Michelle Obama in the wings if they need a heavyweight, although it doesn't seem like that is on Michelle's docket right now. 
Another person who won't be on the 2024 ticket is Vice President Kamala Giggles-Harris. It'll be very interesting to see what they figure out to do with her. She probably sees herself as heir apparent once Biden has been put in the Alzheimer's ward of the nearest Delaware retirement home. You can bet she will not be instilled as vice president again either. After those candidates, there's not much else available. I can't see them running Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, or Bernie Sanders up the flagpole again. Perhaps they might throw up, pardon the pun, Michigan Socialist Governor Gretchen Whitmer, but I think Trump could beat her from prison. Same for the worthless Pete Buttigieg. It appears right now it will be Trump against Newsom. If the Dems are successful at reserving a prison cell for Trump, then it will be DeSantis against Newsom. Are we dumb enough to run our country like California? I'd personally like to see Trump get sentenced to prison by sham Democrat maneuverings only to get elected anyway, then pardon himself. I can imagine the Democrat heads exploding already. Hey, that's all I got for you, folks. If you like this podcast, please tell others. If you'd like to advertise on this podcast, please let me know. I could always use some more sponsors. Check out my blog at www.weberswhippingpost.com. Thanks a million for listening. Bye now. Bye now.